Welcome to the Apartment Rockstar Podcast. On this episode, Robert Martinez is a guest on Lance Essios' University of Adversity Podcast. Continue your real estate education journey and hear about Robert's nine-year overnight success story, some of his adversity he faced going into multifamily, and his life story. Robert, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, how are you, man? I am so sorry for being late, but I'm ready to go now. That's man, it's such a pleasure to have you. Um, and yeah, man, you you're what you're doing is so successful. The apartment rock star, CEO of Rockstar Rockstar Capital. I've seen you, you know, around different, you know, Gary V, Grant Cardone, a lot of awesome big players in this space. And yeah, man, I'm just super excited to dive in and just kind of hear about everything you're up to, man. Thank you very much. Those are great mentors of mine. And if you guys don't know who they are, look them up. They will get you up in the morning. They will go and, and motivate you. I've, I did have the chance to visit with Gary twice, once about three years ago, and then once about a year ago yesterday. And then I got a chance to visit with uh, Grant back in uh, July of, um, of 2018. Uh, nice. and that was a fantastic trip. Yeah, I had him on the show. I had him and Elena on um, right before the new year. Just just the, the energy, the energy of that guy. It's just, uh, it's not just else. that he believes in himself, you know? And I think yeah. that's the thing that everybody needs to understand is that, you know, you all your goals are achievable. You just got to wire your brain to believe that, you know, you're, you're your own worst critic. You don't need to, yeah. you don't need to overvalue anybody. You need to start valuing yourself, you totally. know, and listen to your own opinion, your thoughts and ask yourself, what are you achievable of? And you'll make it happen. And I, what I've learned is that if you keep repeating it over and over again, and you start telling your team that this is what we're going to do, you figure out a way to do it. You know, it just happens. I don't know if you just sleep at night and the idea comes to you or it just, everything is in going in one direction. Everything's everything just, you know, waves out in that, in that area. And next thing you know, you start figuring out new, new ideas, new, new, innovate, new, new like innovation come around and it, it just happens, you know? And so the bigger yeah. the goal, I actually believe the, the, the more likelihood you, you are of achieving it, and the further you're going to go. Yeah. Would you say that most people, the lack of belief is what stops them? 100%. Because, 100%. Yeah. I think yeah, it's, because it's, uh, it's the opinion of their parents. It's the opinion of their friends, which fuels that lack of belief. You know, you, yeah. always, you want to assume, right, that your mom and your dad, you want to assume that your friends, even your best friends, have your best interests in mind. But yeah. as humans, man, we're all competitive. Yeah. You know, you're all competitive. I, I've never received negative feedback from somebody that was doing better than me. It was always somebody doing a little less than me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so you really have to learn to believe in yourself more than anybody else. Because at the end of the day, it's only you that you got, you know, one of these yeah. days, mom and dad are going to, are going to go, you yeah. know, uh, um, uh, and, and it's sad. And so you should, everybody should take advantage of that time that they're here. I got a great chance. I, I was with my mom this week. We went to go look at some apartment deals uh, down in South Texas where I'm from. I go, Hey mom, I'm flying into to, to the airport. Uh, I'm going to be there just for like four hours, six hours. Can you drive us around? And it was like me and four others like, yes. And we, and she got to see what I do and all that. So that was fun. So I should, I, what my point is take advantage of that time. Uh, yeah. and make sure that, that, that you, you spend the time with your parents. But at the end of the day, you only have yourself, you know, mm -hmm. you, you were with yourself when you were born, you'll be the only one there when you die, you know, yeah. just remember that you owe it to yourself to be as great or as good as you want to be. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I love that. So let's, let's take it back a little bit. So a lot of times, as I was saying, before we started recording, everybody sees you where you're at now, you know, 
and they think, oh, wow, he's successful, he's doing well. But I always like to know what happened before. You know, what was it like for you growing up? Because there's always so many lessons in that journey, you know, whatever it may be. You know, what was growing up for you? What was your biggest struggle? And yeah, what, what was your childhood like? You know, I'm a big guy. I think adversity fuels you, but I don't blame anything. I don't put any kind of overvaluation on anything. I think you make it come out of yourself. You know, I'm 45 years old today. Um, I grew up in the Rio Grande Valley, which is deep South Texas. In the area that I grew up at, it's like 80% Hispanic, 20%, uh, um, you know, everything else. And, and, and my dad worked at a, at a local fast food uh, company, a major one here in Texas called Whataburger. And he did that for 40 years. And like everybody else, I wanted to go work with my dad. I, yeah. want, I thought I would own a store one day and dad and I would run it together. And then one day he said to me, don't do this. You're better than this. You're, 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 you're better than I am. And that's, I don't know if that's true now. My dad was like a valedictorian of his school, you know, and he was just super smart. But you know what? He didn't get the backing from the people around him. Uh, and I don't think he went as far as he could have. He was very good at what he did. He was a fantastic people person, very generous man. But I think if he had, had found somebody uh, to believe in him, specifically family, um, he would have gone further. Uh, I give a lot of credit to my mom because my mom's a go-getter. My mom um, is, is a, a big fan of mine. Um, and she thinks that I can do anything. And, and she thinks she can do anything, right? Whether, whether or not she can or not, she yeah. believes it. And so I got a lot of, um, a lot of my uh, confidence from my mom. I got a lot of my uh, just, you know, uh, natural intelligence or whatever from my dad. He was very book smart. Um, but, you know, I, I went to, a, to a, a state college, Texas A&M, and I, have, I got an engineering degree. And I was taught, like everybody else, to go to school and get good grades. Blue collar, middle class family. My mom worked at a, at a factory, Levi's factory down in the valley. Uh, and then they closed down, moved to Mexico. Uh, again, my dad worked at Whataburger for 40 plus years. And so I, you know, I, I came from a, 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 blue, a blue collar family. Uh, went to school like everybody else to get, to, to get a good degree so I can support myself and maybe whatever future family. I have an engineering degree. And I went out to the workforce. Um, I didn't have a 4.0 as an engineer, so I went to the sales side of, of, of engineering, uh, which meant that I knew a little bit about it so I could be deadly because I had a little bit of a personality. So uh, I was basically out there selling, you know, half a million dollar piece of equipment to guys with PhDs. So I didn't have to fully technically understand it. I just had to be able to present it and get the guys to like me, right? Mm-hmm. And so that was my upbringing. Uh, but as any good salesman know, you want to kill what you're going to eat at night, which means you want to be commission-based. You want to rely on yourself. Uh, and I did that for the better part of 10 years. Um, and as corporate America happens, there's mergers, there's acquisitions, there's changing of management. And after management changing two or three times, each time they would do it, they would adjust my, my, my commission plan. And so I would sell more every year and I would make less. I, and then a new management comes up. I would sell more, I would make less. And after, I, after that happened at times, I realized that I didn't have control of my financial future. My employer did because I gave them that control. I wasn't entrepreneurial enough. You know, if you go back to the turn of the century, you know, everybody owned a farm or everybody was very entrepreneurial. It wasn't until like, you know, uh, uh, the, the industrial revolution came around and where they started, they needed, they needed labor and they promised, you know, 401ks and they promised all kinds of like benefits to, to lure in uh, the working class and kept them away from working on themselves. And I think that's what happened, you know, to where, where we are today. But back to my story, uh, uh, you know, I realized I didn't have control of my financial future. And I wanted it back. And so I wanted to go out and try to find a way to supplement my income. I, I, I just had our first child and I wanted to come up with a, 
with a four to $600 that I needed to pay for childcare costs, right? Because my wife and I were still going to work uh, together. We, we both had uh, six-figure jobs. We wanted to continue to work. Um, neither one of us wanted to stay home, so we needed childcare costs. And as I'm looking for childcare costs, you know, I, I stumbled into real estate. And I found a real estate club here in Houston uh, that had a little bit of a name. And I walked in there thinking, I'm going to buy single family houses, two, three of these. You know, I'm going to keep them rented. I'm going to follow their plan. I'm going to make anywhere from four to six, maybe $1,000 a month. And that would be enough to supplement my income because I was going to keep my day job. Mm. The one that paid me six figures. Um, that way, there was a two-day program that I went to. Saturday was everything you wanted to know about how to own a single family house. And then Sunday was everything you wanted to know about how to own an apartment complex. And that's when the light turned on. And I'm like, wow, I can do this. I can really do really well at this because there's a big difference between single family investing and multifamily investing. Mm -hmm. And it's what I call the magic formula. Every dollar that you add on multifamily investing creates $17 of new valuation. Just because you get $1 more in rent on a single family house doesn't change the value of that house, right? It's based on the comps. In multifamily investing, if you can raise a dollar, you increase the valuation by $17. So if you were to raise rent by 10 bucks on a 200 unit complex over the course of a year, a $10 raise, right? Pretty achievable. Uh, that creates $400,000 in new valuation on a 200 unit complex. And once I learned the magic formula, I was like, wow, that's where I wanna go. Uh, I joined that program in January of 07. I bought my first investment by December of 07. And by April of 08, I was turning in my resignation letter to corporate America and going full-time as an apartment owner. Did you, did you go through any hurdles during the recession or did you? You know, really, well, you know what? The, the best thing for me is that, you know, today's economy is very good for a lot of people. And yeah. it's created what I call a lot of peacetime generals. You know, when the harbor is full, all boats float. And so you got a lot of guys that are syndicating deals and they're raising equity and they're, it's in a rising market. Um, that's not going to last. In fact, you're starting to, you can see little things right now. We're seeing rent resistance. We're seeing things. Well, I got involved in 07, which was right before the recession. Yeah. That deal that I bought in December of 07, we went really well for about a year. And then 08, the end of 08 comes around and the market starts tanking and it became a survival of the fittest kind of thing. Yeah. So I, I was born, my real estate career was born in, in the, in the, in the recession. And you know what, having had that sales background, which I think is an amazing trait that I was very blessed to have, kept my company afloat. In fact, we kept buying because I knew that if I could sell a $500,000 piece of equipment to a guy with a PhD, certainly I could teach my leasing staff how to rent a $500 apartment to a guy making 30,000 a year. Mm. And that's exactly what happened. I was very good at sales. I taught my girls, my leasing team, uh, how to sell, how to ask suggested questions, how to sell our unique value proposition, how to find out as much as you can from the prospect and still staying quiet. Uh, we did really well during the recession. We made a ton of money. That I didn't is... lose a single dollar. All my money, I had, all my money that I had in the stock market, I had pulled it out in 07 because I went full-time <laughs> in real estate. Didn't lose a dollar. Wow. Man, I've talked to so many people who just tanked in, in 08. It's, it's crazy. Maybe and, in the single family market. Yeah. But not, just, not, not, in, not in the multifamily market. Oh, you know, not, yeah, definitely. And we're very fortunate in Texas. You know, we, we were the last one in, first one out of, of every uh, recession. Uh, um, you know, we have a lot of things going for us. There's a wider yeah. huge migration here. So we went through the least amount of the recession, but we still struggled. And I still put, I still, it was a survival of the fittest. I still put people into the ground. 
It was either them or us. And uh, we survived, you know, and mm -hmm. I think it's all about uh, service. I think it's about sales and I think it's about reputation. I think the next recession, when you survive it, it's going to be because of brand. And so we're focusing a tremendous amount on our brand and our, reput our reputation. Man, it's so, so true. So let's, let's break down sales a little bit because <clears throat> yeah, say you strip everything away, you lose everything, you know, like say like survival at the fittest at the end of the day, that's going to be the thing that separates everybody, right? Is you're able, you're able to influence people to, to take on what you believe with your energy and sell, right? How, like what makes somebody, how, what makes somebody a good salesman, salesperson versus somebody that's not, I mean, what, what differentiates them? Like how does I think somebody- a couple of things. I think number one, you have to believe in your product. You have to believe in your company. If you're selling a product you don't believe in, it's going to show. It's going to yeah. show real quick. So attitude, heart is everything. I surround myself with heart. I surround myself. I don't have to have the sharpest tool in the shed next to me. I just have to know that she's not going to quit or he's not going to quit. And, right. and, and it's very easy for me to figure out who's who. Um, and so when you surround yourself with that and you go to battle, they ain't going to quit on you. So that's number one. They're going to listen, right? They're going to, they're going to absorb what you're teaching them on how to sell, sell. Number two, I try to give everybody the benefit of the relationship, 51% or greater. I try to find out what my team needs, what's important to them and see what I can do to give back to them. Cause I believe that if they have heart and they know that I'm here for them, I think they're going to fight hard for me and they're going to adopt our company culture and they're going to believe in the brand and they're going to push harder. We've built, we spent a lot of time and effort and money on building our brand. Uh, I think we're one of the rising brands in this space. Um, you know me, you know my story, right? You wouldn't have known about me three, four years ago. We spent a lot of effort putting that. So mm -hmm. you did get to know who I am. Mm -hmm. uh, we've got a lot of great accomplishments uh, that, are, that were born out of heart, uh, born out of making sure that we outwork the competition. And now it's our time to sell that story. Mm. Yeah, that's so important at the core to have people that believe and actually see the vision and actually buy into it. Yep. You know, and, and that, yeah, that all comes down to leadership. I you appreciate know, that. You know, it does. It goes down to leadership and it goes back to repeating your goals again. Remember we talked about that? Yeah. Brands, you know, say them over, say them over again and again. Make sure everybody understands it. Like right now I've got the team. We, we, we bought, everybody bought uh, the uh, Be Obsessed or Be Average book by Grant Cardone. We bought that yeah. in January and some of the team is already reading it and they're changing their attitude on stuff, right? It's, it's making sure they understand what it takes to be successful. You mm -hmm. know, and number one, it, it takes a belief. And number two, saying those goals often because nobody wants to be embarrassed, right? The more and more you say them, people associate you with those goals. Our goal right now is to get the 10,000 units. And everybody in this company knows that message. We're going to get the 10,000 units and, and then some. But really, secretly inside, my goal is much harder, much higher, much, much higher. That's just the one that I repeat on the surface. What do you do for the balance of, you know, because a lot of people, I don't know. So, you know, some people kind of go hard in one area but they don't have a lot of balance as far as, you know, what's your spiritual practice or um, how do you kind of ground yourself? Is there, do you have different things that you kind of like, you know, people do yoga, people do all kinds of things to balance out their energies. Is there anything that you do specifically to keep you kind of grounded? I talk a lot, you know, yeah. I talk a lot to all my people around me. <laughs> um, my video team knows my goals. 
yeah. people were trying to do. I tell them all the time. They hear me whenever they're, they're whenever they're around me. They hear the same thing over and over. You know, my my corporate team, the yeah. rest of the corporate team, the regionals, to the VP, to the COO, to the you know to the CIO. Everybody, I talk to them every day. I can't be down because somebody is saying something to get me going. I mean, we just got a contract and a new deal uh, just a few minutes ago. I'm pumped up. That's awesome. a big reason why I was a little late, so I apologize, right? I didn't expect that. I didn't know it was coming in this morning, you know? And then I got off that call and go, okay, what's next? Where's the other guy? Call that other guy that we, on the other deal we poured. So surrounding yourself, right, with as much positivity as you can and mm -hmm. so many wheels in motion going on, you know, it keeps you going. I, I don't know what, everybody, what your balance should be. Everybody's got to find their own balance because everybody's yeah. wired differently. Everybody grows up with, with different things. You know, I was my own inspiration for a long time uh, until I grew the team. And until they matured to be able to be an inspiration for me, you know? And so I, I think it goes back to just surrounding yourself with as much positivity as you can. Yeah. I mean, having that, how much do you think having your mom on your side and believing in you has helped you over the years? Because there's so many parents that, you know, when you start to do something, they may doubt you because they want you to be safe. They want you to take the easy route, you know, you know, how, how, powerful has that been of her encouragement on you with you though because a you know, lot of people I, don't have that 100 percent. i was very blessed uh yeah. that i had a really strong uh parental situation at home you know my parents were both stayed together until my dad's passing in 2016 uh they each had their skill set my dad was yeah. really quiet and he was super smart my mom was not as smart as my, my dad but she had an amazing amount of personality and ego and it just drove me um, uh, to what, to where I think I'm at today. Um, and I was very fortunate. So I don't know what it's like to not have that. However, I do know of people who don't have that, who didn't grow up with that. Mm -hmm. And they're very successful. They're growing up and you can see them. They pull them up from their bootstrap. And I don't know exactly what wires them other than pride and a yeah. belief in themselves. You know, I think I have a duty to be successful for my parents but those people, I think, develop the duty to be successful for themselves and change their situation. And as I see that, it inspires the shit out of me. It really does. I, yeah. I, I, I see that. And I've been, I've been given a lot of, you know, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. I grew up in a blue collar household, but yeah. I had some gifts. I had some, I had some advantages, you know, and, and I have a duty to be successful for them in addition to myself. And as I mentioned before, for the man I'm going to become 10 years from now, just right. like the guy that started this business, you know, way back when was an inspiration for me. You know, I look at it like, man, what did he go through? You know, and adversity changes you, man. I've been through a divorce, you know, and I hate that. I hate that that happened. It, it shouldn't have happened, you know, and those kind of things. But you, you, you pick yourself up from the bootstrap and you yeah. learn to be, you learn to, uh, life continues and you yeah. learn that you've got to rely on yourself mm -hmm. and, and, and you're accountable to yourself. If it works for you, it works for you. If it doesn't, it doesn't work for you. And you yeah. just need to make sure that you live your life towards your goals, your beliefs, your standards, and not somebody else's. Who was the, who is somebody that you really inspired you back in the day that, that kind of lit the fire under your ass? Was there somebody that was like, wow, this, this person, you know, was like the thing, the person that kind of inspired you to, to, to level up or was there somebody, some sort of mentor in the beginning or was it Grant or was it Gary Vee or what, what? I think in the very beginning, it was, it was the guy that ran the real estate club. Okay. You know, he, he had done a lot. Uh, he challenged everybody and said, okay, all of y'all that just paid me a bunch of money, 80% 80, 80 of you will do nothing with it. 20 wow. of you, I'll, I'll know you in five years. 
hated you, I won't know. And it was a lot of money to me. It was a $10,000 check that I wrote to that education club. And this is back in 07. And I remember, wow, that, that was a quite a bit, a lot of, a, quite a bit of money to me. And I'm like, I am not going to fail. I'm not going to write this check and forget about it. I'm going to come to all the investor events I can. And I immersed myself in it. Uh, but I also wanted to prove to him that I wasn't going to be part of that 80. And it's really interesting because that guy had this attitude of you don't exist until you win an award. Mm. And it fueled me to win awards. It fueled me. And it yeah, wasn't yeah. only until then when I got his attention, you know, when he started recognizing me. And then before long, I was, I, I was like, you know, the, the, the show pony of the group, you know, and, and, and our company was very quiet. You know, we won our awards. I got a little stage time, but I really didn't, 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 uh, um, I didn't look for it. I wouldn't say no, but I didn't go ask for it, you know, and what's happened now is that our company could just continues to win awards. And now, as I learned from Gary and from Grant, you got to tell a story, right? Gary says, you got to tell that story and you become a storytelling company first before you're a property management company. Grant's thing is you got to be a sales company first before you become a property management company. So I've merged the two together uh, mm -hmm. today. And I really believe I've coined a phrase. I think is really important. Everybody has a brand. Some are just more known than others, you know, yeah, and I, I've right. learned that. And as we've done that, we've been able to grow as a company. So right. first mentor was the guy that ran the real estate club. The second mentor and the third mentor were Gary and Grant, mm. you know, and, and just watching what they've done, especially Grant right now. I love what he's doing because we're now in yeah. the same space. He was a sales guy. Now he's discovered real estate and everybody's probably listening to you and knows who I'm talking about. And, and it all probably only associates him with, with, um, with real estate investing. But five years ago, he was nothing but sales motivation and sales. 10 years yeah. before that, he was in the automotive industry. So he keeps like Madonna. He keeps reinventing himself and he becomes yeah. somebody different, right? And so those are real motivations for me today. He's a marketing absolute machine too. Like he's, he's the Albert Einstein of this stuff. So do you find it difficult or do you recommend people, you know, pick one or two mentors because a lot of them, overlap some of them it can be confusing right some some you know if you there's different sales people there's different you know inspirational people different people in the different categories but i feel that if you follow everybody you or listen to everybody then you get confused you have to be willing to change and evolve right because i discovered yeah. that first mentor back in 07 and it wasn't yeah. before long now i've outgrown them you know and i'm not even yeah. in the club anymore you know, and I got all that and I, and I've outgrown that particular mentor for a long time. And it happened when he started questioning, why are you listening to Gary and Grant? Well, who are they? Right. And so I discovered oh. Gary. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Right. A little <laughs> bit of uh, jealousy uh, because they weren't doing what he was doing. Right. He didn't learn that. He came from a different, he's 20 years older than I am. Right. So yeah. I think you have, you have to be uh, constantly revolving the mentorship that, that you get and you become innovative right? Because what works over here can become innovative in another field, another area, right? Uh, in my field, there's very few people that are telling their story and their brand like we are. Uh, yeah. Grant Cardone is probably the only guy that I can really see uh, on a big stage that I see on LinkedIn or I see him on Instagram, you know? And so you, my goal is to get to that level. My goal is, is to get him to pick up the phone and say, hey, I've been watching your stuff, you know? And he knows who I am. We've met a couple of times, but I want, him, I want to know him a little bit differently. I want him to pick yeah. up the phone and give me a call. And that's, that's my asp aspiration. So I think mentorship, you have to want to be, you have to aspire to want to be like somebody and eventually you're going to catch them. You are yeah. because you just come from a different generational gap. And then also 
you know, unless you're constantly trying to learn, they stop. They stop yeah. the race, you know, and you, you eventually catch them. You know, and and you got to be happens. omnipresent too. The more, I mean, a lot of, there's a lot of successful people out there, but nobody knows who they are. They're, well, you know, everybody has a brand. Some are just it's more crazy, known than others, right? right? So it's, it's it, crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. I mean, you can tell me right now about somebody that you like and you fall. And I may not know who they are. And two years from now, I'm like, oh my God, where's this guy been? Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So you just have to keep your, your ears open and listen to people that are where you want to be and see how you can uh, adopt what they do and bring it into your life. Mm. Where, where do you see never ending. It's never where, ending. Where, where do you see your biggest challenge or adversity that you go through now at growing your company at becoming where you want to be the, that that level you know where where is that challenge as you level up and has that evolved from before or have you as you've grown have the problems kind of changed? You know, what does that look like on a daily basis? The biggest issue I have today is how we handle the growth that's coming. And the oh, reason yeah. why that's a problem is that I started mom and pop. Kind of like that guy that buys that Subway franchise and yeah. works it every day. That's his new job is I'm the Subway franchise owner. Yeah. And, and uh, uh, I was like that. We bought one deal a year, one deal a year for the first several years. And there were smaller deals, which meant that I could control them. I could manipulate them. I, I could make more, I'd be more involved in the decision process. But what happened is that I handicapped my staff. I didn't let them make the decisions on their own because I was micromanaging the situation. And now as the table has changed a little bit in my world where we want more growth, some of them aren't ready for that growth. Some of them have left our company sadly because they can't keep up with, with the changing pace of our company. So I, if I had known then where we would be today, uh, it would be a very different story. I would have gotten much bigger. Instead of buying that 118 unit deal on my first deal, it would have been a 218 unit deal or a 318 unit deal. But I didn't believe in myself to think that I could do it. I didn't yeah. think that I could raise the equity. I didn't think I could run it. Even though I had a track record uh, of working that with some other people before, I just didn't think that that was the path I was on. Mm -hmm. um, and as I grow now, we're upgrading staff. We're upgrading teams. We're recruiting people from, from the blue chips right? People that I'm recruiting now, anybody would want to have. And that's when you know you have right people is if the people that are working for you, if they could go work anywhere other than your place, you know? Mm, and so yeah. we're, th th that's, that's the thing right now is that we're having to retrain, maybe reposition people around, bring in outside talent. Uh, and you have to get used to their culture and you have to get used to what they're doing and adopt it and try to morph it into what, what we're doing here at Rockstar. But that's been our challenges is just changing the mom and pop way of doing things and evolving into a more um, sophisticated uh, culture. Mm, interesting. Yeah. There's, there's one specific question about um, real estate that I want to ask you mm -hmm. that Grant Cardone talks about, but I'd love if you could share it with the audience about why is it important? Because he says, don't buy a house, right? I know this is, this is, I would just love to hear your take on that. Why is buying a house a bad idea versus buying apartments? Or, you know, can you explain that to the yeah, audience? Well, there's a lot of reasons to yeah. that. Uh, and Grant's named out most of them. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm a multimillionaire. I'm very fortunate. I, I picked the right industry. I did it the right way. I, yeah. I worked hard. I, I built myself into the, where I'm at today. I choose not to own a house. I, I choose to rent where I'm at. Um, be, just like Grant was saying, I want to be able to be mobile. 
I want to be able to go where I want to go. But what happened is that I'm, I bought my first house in 2002 okay. and I put uh, 15,000 down for my down payment. And it was the only 15,000 I had. I didn't even have any money left to pay for blinds on my house. I didn't have any money left to pay for grass to put in my new backyard. Cause you know, that when you buy a brand new construction, yeah. it's just dirt, right? I made the mistake of putting everything I had into that house. Mm. What if I just continue to, because maybe, and maybe I wasn't ready for the house. Uh, I did it because I thought that was, that's what was expected. I was newly married. My wife and I were under 30 and we, we follow what everybody else said you're supposed to do, right? Go to school, get good grades, yeah. get married, buy a house. Uh, as I look on it now, I would have been better off renting and taking that money, that down payment money and figuring out how I can buy a rent house or get into some sort of investing so that that money could make me money. Because in the event that you lose your job, if you have a W2 job, I lose my job, I cannot access that equity in my house because they won't loan you money on that house if you don't have a job. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. You could have $100,000 of equity in that house. You can't tap it if you don't have a job. Yeah. That's the number one thing. So it, 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 the game's fueled against it. If people want to buy you a house, who wants you to own a house are realtors, right? Then you got property taxes. In, in the area that I was in, the property tax was higher than the actual appreciation of the house every year. Mm. My property tax was like four and a quarter, four, four and a half percent. That housing in that area, because there was so much land out in Katy, which is far West Houston, um, appreciated by one and a half, two points. So technically you do, you're losing money by buying the house. Later when I bought a future house, I bought it inside the loop, right? In, in the prime central Houston, uh, a well-to-do area, uh, property taxes closer to two and a quarter, two and a half, but appreciation is closer to four to 5% every year. Mm. So you're actually making money on that house after taxes and insurance. So if you were to understand that you're losing money on an investment like that, why would you put money into it? It's a lack mm. of awareness and a lack of education. You mm. think you need a house. But in reality, you know what? You get a job on the other side of town. What happens? Right now, we're getting an office. Our first office. I'm so excited, right? We're shaking out the mom and pop, right? This office, I'm trying to make it centrally located in town, yeah. right? But if I had picked, if I picked a house by where my work was on this part, but then I got a new job on the other side of town, what then? Now I'm facing 45 minutes of traffic. But yeah. what if you were renting? You could just, all right, well, at least it'll be up in three months, six months, I'm moving. I went to a situation where I was living downtown. Uh, I had a high rise I was living at, and I really wanted to live downtown. Um, and, and I moved there, and I realized that I was too far from my children. I was about 45 minutes with traffic away from my children. I didn't want to be like that. So when my lease was up, I moved to across the street from yeah. where my children live. It changed the quality of my life. Yeah. No longer was I in an hour and a half round trip to come pick him up and take him back to my place. I was six minute round trip. So you, those are some of the things that Grant talks to you about. Plus, yeah. you know, th and then you, there's no tax advantages really with owning a house. There's monster tax advantages with owning rental property. So mm. those are just some of the things I'm sure Grant's got like a long list of them. Well, those are the ones that stick out to me. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's interesting for me cause I bought a condo, but I'm living in it right now, but I want to move it out and, and move out and do Airbnb or something like that because I want to generate that cash flow. And it's just, it's interesting to hear that because yes. I'm sitting here like not making any money off my 
place when I could be. Right. You know? And how much equity did you put into it? 10%, 15%, 20%? Um, I'm not, I can't remember. Probably, right? I put quite a bit put a down, down payment. But I put quite a bit down, yeah. Right. Quite a right. Bit down. And it's stuck in there. Yeah. It's, it's stuck until yeah. the day you sell it. Well, and, and the fact that cause, because I'm self-employed as well, and you have to be a certain amount of time self-employed, yeah. that you, you, to prove that you can, it's just that funny area right now, you know? It is. Because it you, is. If you, you, you have, have to show fees. two years of, of uh-huh. you know, of course you know, but it's- uh, And then you have those condo fees. Yeah. Which can get you. Yeah, right? the stra- strata fees. Yeah, they're like, I think it's like 500 a month or something. Right. I can tell you, and I'm not sure, what, what part of the country are you in? Van- Vancouver, BC, Vancouver, Canada. Okay. Canada. I, I've never paid, and when I was owning a house, we have an HOA fee, yeah. right? It, it, it's, a, it's a yearly fee, and it's yeah. nowhere close to 500 a month. It would be closer yeah. to like 100 a month, right? Yeah. Uh, in the apartments that I've lived at, there's just one number every month, yeah. right? And, and so the thing with, with condo fees, they just go up and up and up and up and up. Uh, and so I, I'm a big believer to not invest in a condo. I'm a yeah. big believer you should rent everywhere you go. You should just Fair rent, enough. Rent. just like your car, right? You buy a car, yeah. it's a depreciating asset. So I yeah. lease my cars now. I, I need a ride. I, I, I want to have a nice car, but I lease it. And when I'm done with it, I give it back. It's the same yeah. thing with a, with a rental property, you, a, rent, a rent house or a, uh, my apartment that I live at. You know, uh, when I'm done with it, I'm done. I move away. You know, there, there, was, a, there was an issue where the, last night they, they, there was an, uh, a heater issue. I picked up the phone. They called. They had somebody there in 15 minutes and they fixed it and done. Right. If that's your house. Who are you going to call? Now you got to yeah. call a contractor. They got a, yeah. they got a, a fee they're going to charge you just for coming out. Plus, as you know, these guys, you don't know they're trustworthy or not. They could screw you on whatever. Uh, yeah. it, it costs you to own that house or that condo mm. if the maintenance isn't included. So again, there's a lot of reasons to, yeah. to, to rent. Really interesting, man, because like a lot of people are taught different things. And I love hearing that because hey, I was taught the same way. Yeah. Wrong. This, I yeah. learned this, right? We were, we're yeah. wired. We're, we're conditioned in a certain way. And when well, you discover be- real estate, it's like the matrix, right? The red pill, the blue pill. And when you, right. when you, when you take that other pill that, that destroys your previous reality, you're like, wow, the whole world yeah. opens up. You got to get reconditioned. Well, people are doing it out of fear too, right? They want to have, they feel like they own it. Like it's, it's theirs or some sort of weird thing that they need that thing to feel safe. You know, that's, I feel like that's what it comes down to. It's the same way. It's the same reason why people go out and buy a more expensive car than what they need. Yeah. You know, a a car does the same thing. It gets you from point A to point B, whether you got a, 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 a Hyundai or you have a Lexus or a Cadillac or Mercedes is the same thing. You can pay for what you want, depending on what you're at. I've noticed that people will overpay for a vehicle because it makes them feel better. Right. Yeah. But what if they can control that emotion and save that extra payment, that extra two, three, four hundred $400 more a month, right? Because you're trying to keep up with the Joneses or whatever they're doing and putting that into your rent, your rent property, mm. put it into some sort of savings. I mean, gosh, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's, it, we got to be reconditioned and that's where mentorship comes from. Yeah. You know, I didn't lose a dollar in the stock market because my mentor said, if you're going to do real estate, take all your money out of the stock market. You can't control it. Some money yeah. manager up in something, somebody sneezes the wrong way, a coronavirus comes. It hasn't even <laughs> impacted earnings yet, but because it might impact earnings, the value goes yeah, down. Crazy. Not in real estate. It doesn't go down. My, I control my, my, my real estate value. It, mm. I move the needle on, on, what I, on, on my investments based on how hard I work them. Mm. Dude. Thank awesome value, man. Thank you. I appreciate you. it, man. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, you got amazing energy too, bro. I can see why you're so successful and why your team loves you, man. Like you, you have you have that energy, that vibe. 
And I can really, you know, I can really appreciate that because, you know, I talk to a lot of people and you can just see why they're successful mm-hmm. just in their energy and how they, how they go about and their spirit and their, their, um, yeah, their belief and their vision, man. So it's, it's, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Well, it's my honor to be on the show with you. Thank you for having me on there. And I, I just want to leave you with this. Uh, you're not born, you're born with the way you're born, right? What affects you affects you. Just take advantage of the gifts you do have. Know there's always going to be somebody better. There's always going to be somebody more advantageous. I didn't graduate top of my class, but I'm probably further along than some people in my class, right? And it's all about what you believe in yourself and you constantly reinventing yourself. I'm a much more confident man today than I ever was at any point in my life, you know? And that's just, that's momentum. And when you find momentum, and you get really good at something, it just carries and carries and carries. I hate when people are like, they quit a job and they start over because all you're doing, you're losing your place in line, right? You're, yeah. you're not moving forward, right? And yeah. we have people who, who sometimes will quit with no notice, you know, and like, where are you going? I don't know. I just know I can't work here. Like, okay, you know, and then they didn't have a plan, right? Yeah. And so you got to be really careful. If you keep momentum and you get really good at something, you can carry yourself to the next level and then the next level and then the next level. And you'll be shocked what you can do, but it all comes around having the right people around you. If you have people that are supportive and they want to help you win. Yeah. It goes a long way. I love it, man. I love it. Where can we, where can we find you? Where's the best place to check, to check you out and connect with you? Well, I'm on social media everywhere, right? So you yeah. can go to LinkedIn, find me at Robert Martinez, Facebook, Robert Martinez, and you can find me on Instagram at apartment rockstar. Uh, awesome. So I've got a ton of free content there. Uh, there's a lot of great, I even have my own personal website called the apartmentrockstore.com, which is everything you want to know about multifamily investing. That's great branding too. That's awesome, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. Smart. All right, everybody, make sure to check out Robert. We'll have everything in the show notes for you. And this guy's a powerhouse. So watch out. Hey, thanks Robert so much. Mar- my, my pleasure. Robert Martinez, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Apartment Rockstar Podcast. If you want to learn more about Robert Martinez, feel free to go to www.theapartmentrockstar.com. Follow him on Instagram at Apartment Rockstar. Connect through LinkedIn at Robert Martinez. If you're interested in apartment investing through Rockstar Capital, go to investors.rockstarcapital.com. This has been a production of Rockstar Capital.